Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. Uh, I'm Mike. And I'm Gary. This is Daniel, who's apparently the bad guy right now. <laughs> that is so true, oh, and, and very often. Because <laughs> I'm not speaking enough, so I know people are going to complain. We actually have three special guests with us tonight. We have uh, uh, our wives. Uh, my wife, uh, Lisa, is here, and uh, Gary's wife, Christy, is here, and Tanya is here. It's also one of our uh, special guests. Uh, but I'm not Daniel's wife. No. <laughs> Well, because you said our wives. Yeah, yeah like, might have been confusing for a minute. I am so sorry. It's all right. I'll let it slide just this time. Uh, we're actually thrilled to have him here as we have a conversation tonight about boundaries. Uh, and one of the interesting things as we've had a chance to sort of discuss this previously and to visit a little bit, uh, it just has really been helpful to have their perspective. I think uh, I think all of us admit that you know, from an addict's perspective, we understand these things from one perspective. So to have to have the spouses of addicts here is really, really helpful. Um, let's talk for just a minute about the concept of boundaries. We've had uh, we've actually issued a couple of episodes regarding boundaries, and we've had a lot of feedback. We have, had and even had some good questions. So it's an important topic that a lot of people want to have some more information on. Yeah, about. it's actually uh, one of our most popular pro- podcasts to this point. And so I think that's fantastic. So there are those out there who are recognizing the fact that addiction is nothing more than a boundary mm-hmm. uh, uh, problem. And so it's interesting to hear. I'm curious to hear from your perspective, uh, what, what do you consider uh, boundary-related issues in regards to addiction? I have a thought that I'd like to throw out before we start. Sure, sure. Uh, I'd like to start out with something that um, I think a misconception of a boundary. Okay. I think a boundary is a consequence. I don't necessarily think it's a punishment. All right? Absolute truth. You know, and I think that as an addict, if you get into the mindset that if you had agreed upon boundaries and then, you know, whatever action you took that had a consequence of this happening, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a result of your actions. Right. It's, you're not being punished. You knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. That's, it's just a the natural outcome of what you chose. And I think that if you can start looking at it that way, in fact, I think boundaries, healthy boundaries are are the tools we use to have healthy relationships. Absolutely. Regardless of what the relationship is or how Correct. intimate it is yes. or Correct. whatever it is. So let's talk fences, about some well, fences I, make I good neighbors. Yeah. The key thing you did there is agreed upon, I know, as an addict myself, if I didn't agree to it, that immediately set in resentment. So you definitely have to think about it and agree to that boundary. For sure. I'm going to disagree with that for just a minute. Okay. And, uh, and I'm interested in hearing Lisa's perspective on this. And part of the reason why is because there are things that need to be, uh, that boundaries need to be in place mm-hmm. uh, in order for uh, for her to feel safe. And I think I hope Whether she's you like it or not. Whether you Whether like, you it, like or not. it or not. That's right. And some of those ended up being, I remember very distinctly when we, we put some controls on my computer at home, and uh, I felt 
I'm, I, lots of times, it's this this idea of I'm 56 years old and a grown ass man. Last thing I need is a is a, a monitor on my computer of some type. And yet, when I was willing to sort of let go of that particular thing because it was important that she felt safe, so I'm interested in hearing her perspective on on some of these things. So, so before we jump too far away, let's okay, Daniel, why? Let's hear what what it is that makes you say that maybe we need to define some terms or, or have a better understanding. Well, I mean, we can use Mike's example. I mean, when you finally let go, you accepted that. You agreed to that uh, that condition, that boundary. You know, when we're not agreeing to that, then we have this mindset that it's a punishment and then we're fighting against it. So, I think that's it an is, addictive mindset. Well, it yeah. is. It is. I think that's a very addictive yeah. mindset. Mm-hmm. And until we come to the conclusion that... Uh, uh, Look, we're going to have to do whatever it takes to help them feel safe. Then, uh, then I, you know, we, we don't fight it anymore. I'm going to spend some time thinking that over, okay? Just to make sure. <laughs> I'm going to try to punch some holes and, and make sure that we're throwing out some good information. Sure. Boundaries. Boundaries. I guess the something that I heard through a pornography conference. He said. I'm going to try to get this right. He said, I am not willing to sacrifice myself to meet someone else's needs. And as I really thought about that, that's what a boundary is, right? I mean, through all these years living with the narcissist, it was always about trying to keep the peace. It was always about trying to make sure that he was happy and to try to not have contention. And to, you know what I mean? I didn't really understand what a boundary was. So to hear that, that I don't have to... I don't have to completely sacrifice myself and my safety and my sanity and my feelings mm-hmm. and my needs to meet yours. It's okay to make sure that my needs are met. It's okay for me to feel safe. It's okay for me to, you know what I mean? And, I, and it's you have to watch out for yourself because nobody else is going to watch out for you, especially when you live with an addict who is so selfish, right? So to me, it's, it's more about creating a, a life where you matter yeah and where you can feel like you matter and where your feelings matter and your needs matter you have a voice and you're not completely crushed by someone else doing everything because someone else needs you to do that you know you got to set a boundary there you know what i mean that's what it is to me no you go ahead no i was gonna say boundary define that like yeah that was a whole new word for me i was like okay so there's like laws and rules in life and things like that but a boundary in a in a in a friendship or or a marriage or relationship of any kind like what what does that mean so that was a really hard concept for me to wrap my brain around that I can say no right like, right I like right I don't I don't have to sacrifice a piece of myself to appease you and if you throw a fit about it I don't have to even then cater to you so a boundary I had no idea what that even meant and to keep me safe what is, what does that mean I think most people don't get that at like, all like still there is that is the hardest concept I think in our wives group that we have and still to this day in my eighth round of wives wives group as a mentor people can't wrap their brain around that that I can actually have a boundary whether it be emotional boundary, sexual boundary, physical boundary, no one gets gets that. Interesting. The the one thing that I appreciated 
was because I was so blindsided and I was so lost. So I really relied a lot on our therapist. And we actually met with him to set up boundaries. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, and I have down... That's a great idea. Yeah, I didn't think it is. It. Yeah, we, we, we did. And, and that was one of the things that... Um, so I have written down here, the boundaries are to keep yourself safe. And, you know, and from my point of view, that's me. But at the same time, it's keeping the addict safe in the purse per so what i what i'm thinking of so there were times when gary would want to get intimate and i did not think he was coming from a good place that i was being objectified mm-hmm. and that was he was act, acting out with me and you know and i brought that up to shane and he's like well then c- call him on it you know, if it is, if you're feeling like he's not, you're not in a safe place or you're being objectified, then you say no. I don't think. Then you have a right to say no. Yes. You have a right d- to but say no. but I right. never felt like I could say it to him to right. like, you know, I don't think you're coming from a good spot. You know, I, you and, know, time out. And do you know what's interesting? Until we had that conversation. It didn't occur to me that I could use her to act out with. I'd never thought of it that way. And until that boundary was put into place, it's like, oh, she's got something there. I really need to think about that, mm-hmm. you know. And and I think as a result of that, I mean, that, you know, that was a huge blessing. That changed a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But But I, yeah, I couldn't, that didn't even occur to me until we had that conversation. I don't think it occurs to any new husband sort of heading into a marriage. I think uh, at least those of us who experience addiction, I know in my own world, I guess I had in my mind that that literally as soon as she said I do, that that all bets were off. I mean, I was going to put a pole in our bedroom and and everything that you know ever I could ever dream up that Sex was going to whatever you wanted, right? Exactly. Yep. And that I had this willing partner that was going to be you know, completely at my at my disposal, if you will, whatever it is I could dream up, whatever it is I could think of, what, and she would be right there by the side of me saying, yeah, let's do it, and let's go do this. And uh, uh, I just don't, I didn't contemplate any kind of boundary in any of that. And so uh, those were some of the biggest challenges, I think, from an addictive perspective that, that I needed to wrap my head around. And it was only in, in terms of recovery that, that, that really I had the, the first thought that, wow, she has a choice in this. Mm-hmm. That's a, that, was, that was news to me. That was really sort of, and I don't know why I never thought or, of that. Or she might think differently about That's this. That's exactly right. You know? Well, and you don't think of that being, no. I'm sure, in your position. Right. That what? We have a voice. Us as the wives, we have a say. We have an opinion. Mm-hmm. We have a moral compass about us, too, right. that... It you know we have a right to say how we feel and what we're mm-hmm. comfortable with and whatever it doesn't automatically mean we're a, a prude or whatever definition you want to put put there it just means that we have a right to say no or yes whenever and not just about sex it can be about anything and I think that's the bound boundary uh, tricky part about those is that people don't really know what. Okay, can you give me specifics? I need specifics. <laughs> right. I need specifics. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, 
say as simple of a boundary in our case, me and my spouse is, um, he can't go to the store alone. Okay. And that was something that we set up right at the very first. Um, he can't go into the restroom with his cell phone. Um, we have to have certain pass passwords and things like that. So, and, and to me, it goes back, if you don't have anything to hide and you're willing to work on this relationship, you won't get pissed. You won't get mad. And it's more to keep me safe. It's yes. not, I'm trying to be controlling. I'm not trying to put all these restrictions or whatever. It creates that honesty, that openness, that love, that trust, and that I am the right. most important thing. Right. Not his addiction, right. not himself. Mm-hmm. That selfish-based thinking is what's driven this whole thing. So it's okay to let that go and make it be about me for, right. a, for a change. So. Don't right. don't let me forget. I think I think I figured out what Daniel's saying. Great. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? Well, do you know what? Now, I'm I'm Daniel's sponsor, and so he confides a lot of stuff in me, and I understand the situation pretty well. And as you were talking, it occurred to me that that um, that a lot of things were put on him and called boundaries when really they were attempts to control sure all right so so i'm thinking that um that you're you're thinking of boundaries I'm as meddling, a, a, meddling at the uh, yeah I, I think i think I that's i think that's where your thought is coming from because what, what you're saying is is that that um you know the boundaries have to be understood you know, and consequences need to be understood. Yeah. And those kind of things can't be used. You know, like like the things that you were just mentioning, Tanya, I think that those are all some great um, boundaries. Yeah. Great, great boundaries. boundaries. But if you were to do exactly the same things in an attempt to forcibly control somebody, then that's something different mm-hmm. and something wrong. Yeah. And I think that's what... So the intent? Yes. I think that's part of it. But do you know what? I think it's even deeper. Right? Yeah. You know, I think we have to look the at... Revenge? We simply have to look at fences as being... As being, uh, y- yes, they, they, they have an ability to keep things in, but more importantly, they have the ability to keep bad things out. Yeah. And I think when we start looking at, at fences as being that sort of thing, uh, that they have the ability to, to, it's two sides to that fence. And, and sometimes as addicts, I know from my own perspective, I was always looking at it as though I'm a caged animal and she's imposing these kinds of rules and restrictions on me. And the reality of it was is that when I was sort of willing to step back and look at that differently, what it really meant was is that it's it's keeping those bad influences out of my life where I have demonstrated clearly that, that I'm not capable of being able to handle those things on my own. And so having them in place was very helpful. So it's a it's a it's a fine it's a fine line. I can tell you that there are gonna be lots of our listeners that struggle with the concept of boundaries. And the consequences. And the the consequences. And, you know, a lot of us as wives, we don't know what sort of consequences to instill, but they're not really consequences. It's hard. And then the addict husband takes it as punishment when it's, when it's not, it's, it's such a beautiful gift to be able to create this, uh, relationship of trust. Right. So Mm -hmm. if you look at it as a gift, um, and you're being honest in whatever you're choosing to do, then it can really be a beautiful thing. 
and a really helpful deterrent. Sure. I I'm interested to see if we just had the yeah, same thought. These two yeah. just had the exact same <laughs> yeah. thought because both of them suck the oxygen out of the room. <laughs> 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 well, no, now I'm afraid to tell you what I was thinking. So did you, and I was going to ask you, did you feel like, the boundaries that I put in place or that we had when we went with Shane, that, that it was a punishment? No, I don't think so. I think that they were definitions of um, how what we needed to do, the framework that, that we could work to restore the relationship. In fact, I was, I was thinking um, when I first got out of the hospital, I didn't come home, I went... I went to my to my mother's house, and, and which yeah. is a great boundary. Which was a great boundary. Now, hence bound boundary. Yeah, so. but but I could have interpreted that as a punishment. I've done this terrible thing, and now yeah. I'm being kicked out of my house because it's a punishment. And that's not what was going on. Mm-hmm. What was going on was Christy was saying, "I'm still willing to work on this relationship, but in order to for me to feel safe doing that, you need to be." someplace else for a minute and let's see what that looks like and that was fair and i don't and so no i don't i don't think that they were punishments i i don't know that i've ever no i think our conversations were really good now i wish like crazy i could remember that conversation a little bit better to know what magic words our therapist said to 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 so you never thought they were punishments or viewed them that way because you know that would be very Rare Atypical. Thing. It would be oh, yeah. very rare. You know, I've got to, yeah. I've got to think about that very, very carefully. But you need to understand. You need to understand that when I came out of the hospital, um, I was done, and I was willing to submit to anything and try anything yeah. because I wanted it to be different. And and I, I was fully committed to the. I don't care what right. it takes. That's the key. That's the key. I, you I'm, were totally committed. So so, shoot. To be to be honest with you, when she said. I'm going to give you a chance, and this is what it looked like. I was like, "Really? <laughs> yes, please, and thank you." Let's. So, so yeah, but no, I was I was coming from a very very different place, uh, different a, place. A, a place where I I didn't have. It's all that I I had to try something. Everything else, you, you know what I mean? Else and was. and it was like it, I don't I didn't care what it took. You know, I was even committed to the idea that if she wanted to get a divorce, I was going to facilitate that and make it as easy as possible. I, but and he I, I did was, tell me that. Yeah, yeah. and and I, I will not, I will not live like this anymore. I can't, and I won't. Mm-hmm. So, so my level of, so no, I don't think I, I did. I viewed them as opportunities because of the situation, the mindset I was in at the time. But had I been in a different mindset, it would have been very easy to see them like that. And every situation is different. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. So hearing that story is, you know, I hope you know you you are, that's kind of a rare thing, a rare place to be, because a lot think of that as a punishment when it's really not. I've actually, uh, uh, and I, I hear exactly what you're saying, because I've actually dealt with it from the addictive side. I remember... I remember Lisa going through the the group and talking specifically about her boundary, which was two things. It was twofold. Yes, I would spend some time out of the house, and and the second piece of it is in that environment, my kids would know. And that was a very real, hard boundary. But I agreed to that and said, okay, I'm 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 going to abide by that. 
And uh, that has had an, a substantial impact on me as I've sort of worked through my own recovery. As I mentor some other groups, I had a text one afternoon from an individual who said, uh, you know, we've had this issue with my wife, and uh, but we have this boundary that I have to spend some time out of the house. And I said, then you need to honor that boundary. If you've agreed to it, if that's what you've done, then you need to honor that because because what you tell her if you don't honor that is is that I don't care what you say, it doesn't matter. And I think that's a I think that's a relevant key. It is. Well, for me, besides you know, what you mentioned, uh, you know, because of my childhood and my abuse, uh, you know, working with Shane, I've had to rediscover what boundaries are because I all my boundaries as a kid were just violated and destroyed, so I never yeah. learned what that was. So, you know, being in the relationship, you know, I just assumed, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. Um, so that made things more difficult. Yeah. In, in my spouse's case, that was very similar where everything was so restrictive restric- and you were um, not <coughs> meant to have a voice, yeah. not meant to have an opinion. And we, the whole community, everything was allowed to do this, this, and this. You still weren't allowed to say anything so boundaries and restriction and laws and rules weren't even anything that was allowed to be talked about or discussed or anything so I understand that point you know kind of come along this little journey with me because I'm having I'm having some thoughts and I'm trying to work through them so I was thinking believe it or not of um some bible stuff you know, the first first commandment is to love God with all of your heart, might, mind, and strength, right? Second one said to be like unto it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that presupposes a couple of things. Number one, it presupposes that you know how to love yourself and that you're doing it. And if it's like the first one, then you're doing that with all of your heart, might, mind, and strength. And you have to know how to do that before you can love your neighbor. So in order to have healthy relationships with other people or your your neighbor, Mm -hmm. you have to know how to take care of yourself. You have to know how to love yourself and how to take care of yourself. You follow my my thinking? Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I think that that process, understanding that, is what allows you to create those boundaries and understand where you end and somebody else begins. And I think it's only those things that allow you to have the relationships that you do, you know? And, and And I think that healthy boundaries are universal in every relationship that you have. I mean, it's how we interact with people in in a healthy way the things that that are appropriate to say or to do and you have to respect those if you're going to have a relationship with that person so when you are trying to establish healthy boundaries with your spouse i think what you're saying is is if we are going to have a relationship with each other you need to understand that i have to take care of myself Mm -hmm. and you have to take care of yourself and then you have to define where the line is and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. The the one thing, and and I I think it's a boundary, but before Gary could move back home, it had to be healthy for all of us. 
kids included because they had their own trauma mm-hmm. that they were going through. And so, you know, we had that conversation with the kids and and we met as a family with our therapist and you know and and so that that was a huge boundary but but part of him being out of the home i thought oh this is not a staycation at your mom's you you know you will be here to help deliver newspapers in the morning you will you know, help with homework. You'll and, do everything that a father is supposed to do. Right. Absolutely. You just will not sleep here. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and to be honest, I was very surprised that not only did he show up, but he was five minutes early from <laughs> the time that I gave him because, he, you know, it, everything ran on his schedule. If he didn't want to do it, it didn't get done. If it, um, you know, and that's kind of how we had always been, very unhealthy, but I didn't have a voice. I only had a voice if it's what he wanted. And so it was nice when with that boundary in place to know that he respected that and respected me and the kids because you know they were they were thrown into this just as I was and but they probably even had it a little bit worse for the fact that I tried to get them into a count a crisis counselor and so I had prepped the kids please you know discuss you, you know this is your time to talk to them or to him and the therapist didn't want anything to do with them. He wanted to deal with me. And I told him I already had had a therapist. And, and that actually did more damage to my one son. He was angry at me because he felt like it was my fault that the therapist was focused on, you know, with me instead of them, which is, was not either one of our faults. It was the therapist's fault. And as much as I love our therapist, I've had some bad experiences with therapists, with some other therapists. And so you have to find that one that you can trust. And it may take a time or two to find one. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's it's very important to find a good therapist. And And I would say important to find one that's trauma trained. Yeah, Yeah. oh yes, absolutely. It's like buying shoes. You know, they look great on the shelf, but until you put it on your feet and walk around in it for a minute, yeah. it just doesn't fit. Well, my initial therapist helped me through the crisis. He was, you know, I was put in touch with him. And so, in fact, I went immediately to his office. I had an appointment after I met with Gary and his therapist that more, you know, that morning and Anyhow, I went and my whole life that I knew, I mean, I just found out not only was my husband suicidal and tried to commit suicide and all this kind of stuff, but he'd been a a sex addict for how many years and had been unfaithful. And I mean, I was... Lost to digest. Yes, and I was lost. Absolutely lost because everything that I thought I knew, I no longer knew. Mm-hmm. And um, but and so he was great in that aspect, 
but when it came to dealing with a sex addict, he was not giving me correct guidance. And it, and it didn't feel right. And he ended up firing me, which I was like, woo, good, because, <laughs> you, you know, because I wasn't quite sure how to disconnect that because he was so good at the crisis aspect and I needed him and he helped me. But when it came to the, the other stuff, Oh yeah, totally wrong. Yeah. And um, but y- you know, finding a therapist that helped us put in good, healthy boundaries mm-hmm. was was great. But it also my my fear was Gary would be doing recovery for me or the family, which I knew from my own experience is that they. It has to be for them, you know. They have to want it. They have to be committed to it. Right. Right. And, and, you know, Gary did tell me, he said, whether we stay married or not, because I hadn't made a decision at that point, he said, I'm doing this for me. And so that was kind of something that... Yeah, I remember that. Sort of a mantra that we carry. Yeah. Yeah. This is for me. Yeah. I will say that's interesting. Uh, uh, one of the things that you bring up that I, I really find fascinating is is the idea that he would be here to still be a father mm-hmm. and to be involved in family things mm-hmm. because one of the things that I see more often than not when those rules are sort of imposed on some of those that we mentor, mm-hmm. that uh, uh, staycation sort of steps in. And I love that word. That's exactly what we see an awful lot. Like, woohoo, I'm, I'm absolved of all parental responsibility. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mom's house. And I'm going to stay there, and mom will cook for me. And, and I'll feel sorry for myself in the basement. <laughs> That's right. Oh, and hell is, no. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. It's like, man up, really? Yeah. You help create this, you better, yeah. you better help fix it. Right. You know, Daniel's signaling again. <laughs> uh, but I had a thought, and tell me what you guys think. Christy and I, I think now are better than we've ever been. And I hope that as we continue to work and continue to grow, that we'll continue to grow closer. Sure. Okay. Now, having said that, our healthy boundaries, while they may have changed, didn't go away, you know, nor, nor will they. I, I think too often we hear the word boundary and we think of a barrier that needs to be overcome. Yes. Or something that will go away when I do X, Y, Z. I don't think that's what it is. No. No. You know? And, and I think that you're going to get confused and give yourself a lot of frustration if you think of it that way. It's, it's, that, it's that line that says, this is where I end and this is where you begin. And because it's there, it allows you to have a healthy relationship, yeah. allows you to have a relationship. And when, when you cross that or disregard it, that's when things start to get unhealthy. Yeah. I actually have a suggestion for some of the groups that you actually uh, mentor. Uh, it might be wise for the wives to ask their husbands what they think are healthy boundaries. Have them help come up with some of the boundaries. And the reason I suggest that is, is because it, it, it suggests two things. First of all, if a husband doesn't isn't willing to, to work towards mm-hmm. that, it's a clear indicator that he's not necessarily in the place he needs to be right. to be really successful in recovery. 
That's that's a first. And thing. that's a really good good point. And that was actually um, one that I used this last time around mm-hmm. with the newest disclosure was, okay, fine. You tell me what your boundaries, what you would like, what sure. do you think would keep us healthy, safe, happy, whatever you want to call it. And so he had to come up with um, a list, and then I came up with some too, and we talked about it and um, saw what would work. And it 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 was actually a beautiful experience to be able to see it from his point of view also, rather than me coming at him with this big list right. of here it is, here it is, here it is. I was like, all right, what do you think is appropriate? What do you think? And it happened to be very similar to what mine were anyway. So, um, but it also created that level of communication and trust, just even talking about that. Sure. You know, so I thought that was pretty neat too. But that was a great point to bring up that I could do that in my class. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great place to really sort of assess how honest and truthful and open that the, the addict intends to be by willing to have that conversation about boundaries first of all mm-hmm. and then willing to come up with some of the own things some of the things that, that look this is really critical this is important because then they have to own it they and own and it. what the consequences that's right would and be. what the yeah. consequences yeah. are mm-hmm. because oftentimes so often we hear about the spouses who set these boundaries that are literally unrealistic and so consequently when a relapse happens there's no possible way that that those boundaries are going to be enforced and there's and no way to fo- follow through on the consequence. No, there's not. Yeah. <clears throat> and so uh, making something practical, realistic, mm-hmm. and meaningful from both sides with input from both the addict and the spouse absolutely. then absolutely really solidifies it. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is a legitimate boundary. This is yeah. a valid boundary. Yeah. When we were trying to set ours, I remember the advice given to us, make sure it's a boundary you can keep. Yeah. yeah. Don't just threaten things, and then when it comes right down to it, it's something that you would never really be able to do. Yeah. Because you need to be able to do what you yeah. said you're going to do. Yeah. And do it from a place of keeping yourself safe, not from a revenge tactic right. or right a control tactic. Correct. It has to be from a place to keep you safe and from right. a loving place for yourself, a mm-hmm. love place for yourself, it, too. It, yeah, it's that line that says, if we're going to have this relationship, then this is what needs to be respected. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And I think that's uh, that's important. Fantastic discussion. Thank you all very much for your input and for your insight. Um, I, I really, really appreciate your perspectives. Uh, uh, this is a this is a fantastic discussion. So I appreciate that. Uh, this is Mike saying, "Do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring." And this is Gary encouraging you to do the next right thing. And this is Daniel saying, "Find the humility in your recovery." Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at 12thsteppodcast at gmail.com. That is 1-2-T-H-STEPPODCAST at gmail.com. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.